0: Thankful for that little prayer that Dorita just lifted up and it's something that I was going to lift up and it's something that my mother lifted up this morning um, through text on my cell phone. <laughs> but um, as you can see, the, the framing of my message or my witness is, speak Lord, speak to me. And as I begin this morning, I would like to share a story um, that many of you might be familiar with it is the parable of the drowning man. A terrible storm came into a town and local officials sent out an emergency warning that the river banks would soon overflow and flood the nearby homes. They ordered everyone in the town to evacuate immediately. A faithful Christian man heard the warning and decided to stay, saying to himself, I will trust God And if I am in danger, then God will send a divine miracle to save me." The neighbors came by his house and said to him, "'We're leaving, and there is room for you in our car. Please come with us.' But the man declined. I have faith that God will save me." As the man stood on his porch, watching the water rise up the steps, a man in a canoe paddled by and called him. Hurry and come into the canoe. The waters are rising quickly. But the man said again, No thanks. God will save me. The flood waters rose higher, pouring water into his living room, and the man had to retreat to the second floor. A police motorboat came by and saw him at the window. We will come up and rescue you, they shouted. But the man refused, waving them off, saying, Use your time to save someone else. I have faith that God will save me. The flood waters rose higher and higher and the man had to climb up to his rooftop. A helicopter spotted him and dropped a rope ladder. A rescue officer came down the ladder and pleaded with the man, grab my hand and I will pull you up. But the man still refused folding his arms tightly to his body. No, thank you, God will save me. Shortly after, the house broke up and the flood water swept the man away and he drowned. When in heaven, the man stood before God and asked, I put all of my faith in you. Why didn't you come and save me? And God said, son, I sent you a warning I sent you a car, I sent you a canoe, I sent you a motorboat, I sent you a helicopter. What more are you looking for?" (laughs) In one of the versions of this story online, it's followed up by a question. Are your expectations of God getting in the way of your blessing? Hmm. So why would I read this story after I've had the first Samuel text read to you. It's not that I want you to temper your expectations to the ways in which God calls us. On the contrary, I want to share that God calls us in multiple ways and we have to be prayerful and mindful to receive the message. Like many of you, I grew up in church, specifically the United Methodist Church in the flatlands of Indiana, which is very important to this story later. My mother was very involved in church, which meant that I and my siblings were involved in church. And as a young person, church was not my favorite place to be. It conflicted with when the Jetsons and other cartoons were on, (laughs) and I wanted to watch them. But my relationship with God was very important to me. I loved God, and I still do. I wanted to be special, and have a special relationship with Jesus, just like Mary did. Another thing you should know about me is that I'm a big worrier. So in my relationship with God, I would pray a lot. This meant that in my childhood prayers, I would pray for different people's safety, especially my father who was a physician and working on call in late nights. I'd pray for my dog, scared that the raccoons would get him. I'd also pray about Sasquatch and aliens, (laughs) worried that they might come to take me away. (laughs) But I digress. I say all of this because unlike Samuel, the first time I heard God speak to me, I already had a relationship with God. I want to stress the words, hear God speak, not just answer my prayers. It was a dark and quiet night and I was either 14 or 15 years old. My mother was dean at the Senior High Institute, which is an Indiana church camp, and so that meant I was at camp too. All during the camp, it rained and it rained, which was a nice reprieve from the heat, but it got old pretty quickly. On the night that I heard God, I was sleeping in a bunk bed in a room of probably seven to nine people. I had been sleeping when I heard my name, Marjorie, Marjorie. It was clearly stated and it didn't alarm me. I awoke and I looked around to see who was calling me, but everyone was asleep. The night was quiet, no sounds of rain or snoring, just the relaxed breathing of folks who were deeply asleep. It was then that I knew that God was speaking to me. There was no direction or indication of a profound divine message. It was just the calming affirmation that God was in relationship with me too. And like God, all I had to do was be present and say, here I am, Lord. Sometimes sharing this story, I wonder what will people think? Am I crazy hearing voices in my head? But in preparation for today, the Saint Louis de Bruno shared an article with me that says that my experience is not too unique. In that article that was published in CNN's um, online um, webpage, one in 10 people have heard God. Additionally, in a Gallup poll in 1999, of Americans had heard a voice or seen a vision in response to a prayer. So if I'm crazy, I have plenty of um, company. (laughs) And I'm just curious, um, are there folks in this um, congregation who have heard or seen visions? Amen. But as I shared in the parable, God speaks in many ways. In April of 2011, I received a phone call. Who knew it would be God placing another call? I was working at Kenyon College, a small, tiny private liberal arts college in Ohio, trying to figure out what my next move would be. I had been working with brilliant and motivated students who I loved. They were ambitious, and I was in a really sound and safe, secure community. And through their works of doing fantastic things, I wanted to make sure that I was doing all that I had dreamed of. I sent out several applications and received a few callbacks and interviewed at a few institutions, Southern Oregon University being one of them. I went to the interview and it was the first time I'd ever been in Oregon. I remember being so nervous that I send up my prayer to Lord. Help me convey my authentic self during this interview. And if they like me, they like me. And if they don't, then this isn't the place for me. During the interview, people were nice enough, but at the tail end of the interview, a member of the search committee said, they're going to offer you the job, but if I were you, I wouldn't take it he shared with me the struggles he had had and that made me nervous and true to his word ten days later I received that phone call but didn't think that my family would be making the move someone had warned me against it for goodness sakes what was my husband going to do what about my family all located in the Midwest we didn't have any connections to Oregon and it was pretty scary thinking about making the trip. So I shared with my husband that an offer had been made thinking that he would say nope we're not going so I was looking to other people to say to make the decision for me and he said why wouldn't we make the move you made the move for me surely I would support you and then I checked in with my mom. J.J. was three at the time, and I thought surely she would not want her grandbaby to be clear across the country. But she said, you know, it sounds like a good opportunity. Continue to pray about it. I was terrified, and I knew that God was trying to tell me something, but I still wasn't sure. I still wasn't ready to receive that message. So I said, God, God, I'm sorry to test you, but I want to ask one more person. And if they say we go, then we go. And so I checked in with three-year-old JJ at that time (laughs) and tried to break down what the decision was and told him that I had an opportunity for a different type of job, and that would lead our our family moving to another place. And he said, let's go. (laughs) So I said, okay, God. And then we decided to um, prepare for our adventure. And it was an adventure. But while there were stressors, everything that could have been a challenge was made straight. We weren't the most financially secure family, and there were things that we would have to pay for to make the move, and the institution, I think, I believe through God's help, gave us the money up front to be um, able to make that move. Um, Everything just fell into place, and so I know that it was ordained by God. So we got in our cars, and we're traveling outside of the flat Midwest, and we're on 80 and we make our journey clear across the country and then we take this back highway because we think it's gonna be the shortest route into Southern Oregon. (laughs) Not really accounting for the mountains that would be on that journey. And it was terrifying. And there were times when I thought maybe it's not too late that we can turn these cars around and go back. The community that I'm coming from still loves us and wants us (laughs) to be there. But we made it through mountains and roads without guardrails and lots of prayers, we made it. And you know, everything that I was looking for and the new opportunity of a new job was answered plus more. I was able to get the leadership experiences that I wanted. I've been challenged um, to grow in different ways and I've been I think grounded in a very, very rich community of people who are committed to action um, to realize people's humanity. And that is so incredibly important. Additionally, my family members, my, um, my husband and my son have found what they've needed in this community too. So this move wasn't just for me, but for them as well. Since being here, the year after we moved, my younger my youngest brother my only brother moved out here and lived with us and then two years ago my mom and my stepdad moved to oregon as well and then in january my um, 86 year old grandmother moved to oregon right (laughs) and so it's incredible what god can do if you just heed the call right i think it's fitting and i wasn't prepared um for this to happen in the ways in which God pulls different pieces together. But last week I had um, the opportunity to do the, the children's moment, um, to do Sunday school with the little, the little people. And their lesson was the parable of building a house on strong ground or in the sand. And that we might hear the call, but what are we gonna do with it? How are we gonna respond? Now, there's many stories in the Bible about God calling people. I could have picked from a lot of them. Um, and I, I fear that I might be like Job, and I don't want that to happen. Don't want to be swallowed by a big fish. Um, but I think that it is important that when we hear God that we pray about it and think about what it is that we're challenged to do and to follow that, those wishes. And I thank you for your time.